Welcome back to another episode of the wonderful The Arsenio ZSL Podcast. And today we are going to talk about the power distance scale. So what do I mean by this? These are going to be some pretty shocking numbers that I'm going to unveil to you. But what this is, is, listen, ask yourself this question. How much does the freedom to assert yourself in your workplace, in your job, in your school, wherever, on the culture you work within or the culture you're within in general. So there's an expert, okay? I don't know how to say his name, who cares? But he wrote the book, Culture's Consequences, okay? And his last name, Hofstede, talks about what he calls power distance in different countries. See, power distance, he goes on to explain, are measures or are the measures or the measures of willingness of less powerful members of an organization to accept the equal distribution of power. So a large power distance score means a lot of inequality is accepted and subordinates generally follow directives without question. And a small score means subordinates feel freer to, uh, you know, to directly be involved with directives and take the initiative. Scores vary a lot from country to country, but not all companies are typical of their national culture. See, multinational or international companies, for example, tend to reflect the culture of the parent company rather than those of the countries they are located in, creating all kinds of intercultural, let's say, problems in the process. So international companies, it all depends. I'm going to give you a real quick, a couple of quick examples. Um, I have, I know somebody who works for an international company and the thing is, culturally speaking, you have to understand, okay, what type of culture are we in? What type of workplace culture is this? Because what happens, you have power-hungry ties, okay? Women, mainly, who graduated from, let's say, some of the top, the top three universities out here in Thailand, Chula, Tamasite, Mahidol. They do their master's overseas. They come back, and they believe that they are high, highly almighty, is what my mom would say. And they would go into these companies, and if they have Thai subordinates, they would literally bully them, such as what's happening with my friend right now. Anytime she has an idea, it's always shot down, as I had talked about in the previous podcast, right? And the lady keeps saying, no, I want you to argue with me, argue with me. No, I don't like that idea. I don't like that idea. She's like, what do you think? I don't like it. What do you think? I don't like it. And it's like, what the fuck? Why am I even out in my opinion? And so you have to understand what culture are you going to adopt? There was a, a girl, a random girl that I had met at a, a restaurant when, it was like two years ago, Colombian. And she worked at an international company, just, just a couple of walking steps away from the CBD area of invest, uh, Aberdeen and Investments out here in Bangkok. And her being at an international company and her being Colombian, you working in Thailand, you have to understand, ooh, you, like who's your boss? If it's a Thai guy, you know, is he going to impose Thai culture, which could be very fucked up, okay, at times, into your culture? Like, what is the workplace culture that you have? Because if you don't establish that, what ends up happening is there's going to be a lot of intercultural problems. So here we go. I'm going to give you some things right here, right now, okay? Where would you place these countries on the power distance scale? Okay, now check this out. Austria is 11, 11 on the power distance scale, just 11. And this is why Austria is one of the happiest countries in the world. 
Now we have a country that's 22, another one 35, 40, 49, 54, France at 68, which I'm not surprised. I am not surprised at all, given the fact, you know, uh, so many people have traveled to France before and they're like, man, those people are very difficult to get along with. Now, I don't know that. Okay, I, I have a couple of French people that listen to my podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, I've never taught anyone from France. Normally they give me, uh, they, they always give me the run. I don't know if that's the same, but they basically say, yeah, I'm interested. And this is like a year or two years ago. You know, some people will come along and say, yeah, I'm interested. And then they would just disappear. And so I don't really like, I've never, the only, I've only spoken to like two or three people in my life from France, right? Because my, like I'm more of a Latino culture type of person. Now, although I love Japan, although I love Taiwan, I love all the beautiful Asian countries out here. You guys listen to me and I love you ever so dearly. I never, I would, would have never known if I didn't see the numbers because I'm like, oh, well, yeah. Well, all my clients are from Venezuela, Mexico, Guatemala, all these other countries, you know, Nicaragua, stuff like that. So Latinos, right? They are more, they gravitate to me more than any other, you know, than any, especially Asian, right? But to be honest with you, that's not true, right? Considering that Japan is massive, Taiwan is massive, Indonesia is massive, Vietnam is massive, Thailand is massive. So that's not all true. Now, they probably wouldn't add me, like follow me on Instagram and say, oh my God, I love your podcast. Although big shout out to my Taiwanese that have done that over the past couple of weeks. Love you guys like crazy. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, I would have never known. However, Europe in general is one of the worst in terms of plays outside of France, outside of Turkey. Now, I love Tur I love my Turkish Okay, France, I know you guys are listening to me. Iran, you're, you're the top number one uh, Arab country, as a matter of fact. Uh, but I wouldn't have known that France listened to me a lot, to be honest with you. And then after that, man, I think not. there aren't that many, uh, aside from France and Turkey, I don't, uh, Spain, oh, there we go. Spain has about 8,000 plays. Italy, probably about 5,000, not much at all, considering I have 500. 30,000 plays as of May 18th, I checked about a month ago. Um, but yeah, by looking at those numbers, I'm like, oh, okay, well, yeah, just, yeah, you know, uh, Europeans, and I, we, we, we just say, we ain't close knit. You know what I mean? Now, although I love the Scots, the Irish, the Welsh, stuff like that, you guys are my brothers too, but we're not, just don't listen to my podcast. Let's just put it that way. Um, and so looking at this power distance scale, going back to it, 68. And so that makes a lot of sense. And then there's one that's 80. And then Malaysia is at 104. And I used to have an employee, uh, not an employee. I used to have someone that was part of my team back in 20, 2018, 2019. She was from Malaysia. And man, she would complain all the time about that craziness. She would complain all the time about that craziness. Like, oh my goodness gracious. Uh, like, like. Uh, what I heard from her and what I heard from those kids. And so it makes a lot of sense. Boy, would I ever work in Malaysia? Absolutely not. I still, I, I remember telling my other half and I told her, I said, Hey, uh, I remember Renaissance in Phuket is unbelievable. Right. Went there again last month. One of the greatest holidays ever. Uh, but you go to the Renaissance hotel in Malaysia, like at the, at the hotel out there in Thai, you know, in Phuket, it's a resort. It's a resort. 
So you walk in and it's just like, oh my God, people are so unbelievably, like, they're so nice. They're so nice. But then what ends up happening is you go to the Renaissance out there in KL, the doormen are some of the mean, the, the ugliest, most mean mugging individuals I ever met in my life. They look like, they look like people that just got out the penitentiary, out of prison. They look like they were about to kill somebody. Like your doorman should be able to say, smile and say hello, you know? But when I saw him, I said, oh my God, that is terrible. You're going to leave someone like him at the front door? Uh, try not. It was at the Renaissance and even at the Sheraton. Never stay at the Sheraton, by the way. Piece of shit. Okay. So anyways, um, it goes to show you what's the workplace culture. What's the culture like and everything? Being at a five-star resort, man, at the Sheraton, those employees were fucking assholes. <laughs> when I was at the Renaissance, I don't remember one person that stood out in my whole time there. I just don't. People were just not very nice. And so workplace culture, hey, power distance scale, does it all relate? Well, just saying, don't really have an, an, an amazing experience in Malaysia, although I did meet some amazing Malaysian folks of Chinese descent, of Pakistani descent, and was friends with them from like, you know, the 2017, 2018, 2019 and stuff like that. But it goes to show you, hey, so based on those numbers, 22, 35, 40, 49, 54, 80, we have Argentina, Germany, Japan, New Zealand, UAE, and USA. Now, you can make your own guesses, but I'm just going to tell you exactly what these power distance scales are right here. So Malaysia is 104. The number one, the number two country in the top five, the top five are two Asian countries and three Central American countries. Mexico, number five, Panama, number three, and Guatemala, number two, 95, 95, and 81. Now, Mexico's the 81, okay? But still, my goodness, Philippines is 94, and I'm not surprised. I worked with some Filipinos back in the South. They hated my guts. The things that came out of their mouth, oh boy, they were just like the ties in terms of, no, I love my Filipinos, by the way. I love you, I love you, I love you, okay? I'm just saying you know, based on my experiences in terms of people, and I understand from a Filipino perspective, they probably feel, and they have that type of, they have that anger towards us because we're foreigners and we get paid more than them, like double, you know, me, I don't work at schools anymore. Okay. I get paid what I'm worth. I get paid based on what the market is out there and I'm the best. So I get paid the most. Right. And it's because I have my own online business now, eight months. I mean, I'm sorry, eight years ago, I used to be out of school and Filipinos hated me and never wanted to talk to me because I was a foreigner and I got paid more than them and they were very jealous. Don't know if that has anything to do with the power distance score and whatnot, but man, it was very hard to be friends with Filipinos. Now, I used to have a friend from Uganda. He just recently apparently got married with the Filipino. Absolutely beautiful. Oh my God, I'm so proud of him. He doesn't listen to me. All good, but man, wow. Nelson got married with a teacher, as a matter of fact which could all be bullshit or everything I just said is totally erased. Got married with her. And I'm just so proud of him. I really, really am because it goes to show you. It goes to show you that anything's possible regardless of everything. And so nonetheless, here we go. Uh, Venezuela, 81, China, 80, Egypt, 80, Iraq, 80, Kuwait, 80. I'm not surprised that a lot of Arab countries, Lebanon, 80, Libya, 80, Saudi Arabia, 80, UAE, 80. 
Indonesia is 78. Indonesia, although Southeast Asian, still has, you know, the Arab nations in general, I'm not surprised that they're very, very high up. Not surprised at all. Um, and so if you look at, of course, Ecuador, which is shocking, 78. Ghana, 77. India, 77. Not surprised. Nigeria, Nigeria, Ghana, and Sierra Leone is really surprising at 77. Singapore, 74. Not surprised. Brazil, 69. A little bit surprised. I thought Brazil was much more, like, cool. France, 68. Not surprised. Hong Kong, 68. Be it. I'm very surprised. I thought they would be, like, 90. Okay, I'm very, very surprised. Poland, 68. Colombia, 67. Pretty surprising. El Salvador, 66. Considering that the rest of them are pretty high up. There it is. Turkey, only 66. I thought they would be about 80. Belgium, I'm shocked. 65. Ethiopia, 64. Kenya, 64. Lots of African nations here. Tanzania, Zambia. What the hell is going on? Thailand, 64. And that makes sense considering the things that I've actually been through. Now, this is only power distance. Okay, we're not talking about <laughs> we're not talking about colorism or anything. Okay, Portugal sixty three, a huge shocker. South Korea sixty, pretty shocked. I thought you guys would be a little bit higher. I thought you'd be like at seventy seventy five, based on how I see you know the older people speak to the younger individuals. Boy, I wish them <laughs> speak to me like that. <laughs> Greece sixty, don't really. I've only met like two Greek people in my life. That's it. All right, so Iran fifty eight. Whoa. Taiwan, 58. A little high, Taiwan. I thought you guys would be a little bit lower, man. I thought you guys are good folks. Anyways, uh, Czech Republic, 57. Don't really know much. Spain, 57. I think that's just about right. Pakistan, 55. I thought that was too low. Japan, 54. I thought Japan was like at a 5,000. You know what I mean? Because God damn. Whew, we know how it gets down out there. You know, you always have to say, hi, 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 hi. And boy, I, I ain't uh, uh, I ain't bowing down to no one. I ain't lying nobody. Uh, you go, I, I don't give a damn how old you are. You gonna say hello to me? I'm gonna say hello to you. Okay. I used to say this to the dentist out there in Las Vegas. If you think you're just gonna walk in and not say hello to me on my first day, guess what? I ain't gonna say shit to you, and that's gonna be my last day working there. You better put some goddamn respect on my name. Okay, that's terrible. Italy, 50. Not surprised. Argentina, 49. Not surprised. South Africa, 49. Lowered, lowest of the African nations. Hungary, 46. Jamaica, 45. America, a shocking 40. Dude, I thought America's like 92. I swear. I'm just shocked that America's 40. Doesn't make any sense. Netherlands, 38. Hmm, all right. Australia, 36. I thought that was a little bit low. I thought they'd be like 55, considering what I've been through. <laughs> considering what I've been through. Holy shit. Okay, Costa Rica, 35. Not surprised. The Ticos and the Ticas. No offense to my teacups and teacups. I just, I met a couple, boy, boy, they tough. They tough. They tough. The Argent, listen, listen, the Argentinians and the Costa Ricans, I don't know why, but out of all the Latina nation, Latino nations in the world, including Spain, Gibraltar, although Gibraltar is an English speaking country, um, those two countries, I find it most difficult to get along with them. I don't know why. I don't know. Just, just point it out, you know? Um, and just like in Asia, obviously it would be the Chinese. Um, I did, I did meet some wonderful Chinese folks out here, but the thing is one's been living in Thailand for 10 years. The other one lived in Europe for 15 years. So it's not like a mainland Chinese who I end up becoming best of buddies with. 
I just, it's just some places I could just say, I met many people from this, these countries, although they do not quantify as the general population, it is difficult for me to get along with them. Now, I love Korea. I got a lot of beautiful Koreans from Busan, from Seoul, from yeah, yeah, many places that listen to me. But the Korean dentist I worked for back a long time ago when I was young, oh man. However, I did play on a basketball pool of Koreans. So I can't say, you know, the experiences of them saying, do it, hurry up, give me this, give me this. What the hell, what the hell? Boy, you talk to me like that again. Oh my God. Boy, I'm gonna catch a case in here. So anyways, like I said, few individuals I met from that country doesn't quantify as the entire population. We know that. So Germany, uh, 35, UK 35, Switzerland 34. Uh, and then the rest of them, Denmark, 18, Israel, 13. I'm absolutely shocked Israel's at a 13. I thought Israel would be at like a 115. I don't know why. Austria, obviously at the 11, New Zealand, 22. And then of course, Sweden, Norway, Finland, they're at 33, 31, 31. This is why people there are just so unbelievably happy. And so I just wanted to talk to you about those power distance scales. Now, of course, everything I said about individuals I've met from, you know, specific countries, it doesn't necessitate as the country in whole, right? It doesn't mean, oh, you know, I met five people, therefore all these people from this country. No, that's called being racist, right? It's ridiculous. I always give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, obviously there aren't that many Costa Ricans on the planet, so I wouldn't come across that many Costa Ricans, um, you know? And of course he was like ex-military ex too, plus a doctor, Jesus. <laughs> Anyways, um, there were plenty of other people, you know, that I've met. Uh, I've actually met a woman from Finland. She wanted to hurry up and get free shit for me and unfollow me within 18 hours after she took her TOEFL test, complete bitch. That doesn't necessarily mean that all people from Finland are terrible, no. Okay, it's ridiculous. It's kind of like you. If you go to New York and you see these black people jumping up and down on the train acting like goddamn fools, it doesn't mean, oh my God, black people are there. No, that's just two clowns that have a, 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 what is it, a year around tan acting like fucking clowns. That's all it is. It's the individuals within the country. You have to look at the country as a whole and say, oh my God, these people are batshit. There you go. That's it. So, in saying that, power distances, Thailand's high, you know, um, and I realized that, you know, Thailand was always very high because I remember I wasn't, you know, back in the south of Thailand, I wasn't doing what these other women wanted me to do. And what ended up happening, and it was like groupthink, right? These are all old heads, over 50s at the time. So I'm pretty sure, of course, yeah, the, all of them should be retired by then, but it by now, but man, it was just a real big shocker to see and to, yeah, to see individuals act in the way that they did, uh, especially towards me, you know, and what I learned so much about that was, you know, throughout that time of them trying to impose my will and say, oh, you, you're focusing more on your private students than you are your classes here. I'm like, first and foremost, these students are fucked. Do you really think they want to learn English seriously? This is a technical college. They don't want to learn anything here. Out of all the students that I had there, okay, we're talking 500 plus. Jesus, there were only like two that spoke English to me, two that had really good grades. The rest of them was slam windows. They would call me the, the, the N-word. Are you kidding me? 
Now, I'm not saying all Thai students are like that. No, it's just that specific college in the south of Thailand, in Nakhon Si Tamarat, Ghana Cheap, you know? And when I started rebelling and when they started getting angry at me, I don't know why, but it was like in my, uh, what was it? It was probably just five months before my work permit had ended. They wanted me to do things that were just totally out of line. They, so, they began getting jealous of me because I, they knew I had a lot of private students. And then you know, everyone began getting very cold with me. And I remember one of the teachers ended up blowing up. I tried talking to her about a couple of things and she just like, just, just, that was it. She didn't hear anything else. So I only spoke to one other. And let's just say in the teacher's room, there were about 10 people. For like four months, I spoke to everyone. And then it went down from 10 to eight. Then it went from eight to five. Then it went from five to two. Then I never walked in that teacher's room ever Again, I stayed at the library the last two months. I remember one time, oh, this is the scariest moment. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go with this. This is me testing the waters and just trusting the process. Like I said in the previous podcast, I remember I couldn't find a job out here in Bangkok. All the emails came back and said, do you have a photo? Do you have a photo? Do you have a photo? Basically asking me, hey, you know, uh, are you black? And if you're black, we don't hire black teachers. And I would send them these photos and they would never contact me again. Welcome to Thailand. You know what I mean? Um, and I was like, dude, I'm shit scared. Maybe I should just use this as a fallback plan and just stay here another year. God, I was so miserable in that place. If I had stayed there, I would have ended up having suicidal thoughts. No bullshit. This is when I wasn't into personal development or growth or anything. You know, I was just trying to find my way in the world. And I remember I went up to the lady who had originally hired me and I was like, hey, I wanted to ask if the position is still open. And she got mad. And this is the first time I had ever seen her mad at me. And she's like, no, we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a meeting at 2 p.m. and you're gonna tell us exactly why you wanna stay. And I said, what? I said, you know what? No, no, I'm not gonna take that from you. You know what? My final, my final decision is I'm leaving. Thank you very much. The last three weeks, man, I'm telling you, I was working at another beautiful school. I still have the photos, post them from time to time uh, in the South. And they didn't pay me much, but these students brought me so much joy. It was a class, it was a school of only 70 students. Eight students were autistic. It, they were just gorgeous beyond belief. When I left, I cried. Those last days, I still remember the photos that I had in terms of us playing dodgeball. Um, and it was in the afternoon, it was after that huge eruption. And I remember like after one class, I would just go home. I don't know where I would park my motorcycle. I believe I would park my motorcycle way far away from the classroom building and everything because it was so loud and people would know if, you know, you know, everything. And, you know, I wouldn't check in anymore. I wouldn't use my finger anymore. I wouldn't clock out, nothing. I say, you guys will pay me. You will absolutely pay me. And I still remember on that last day, you know, one of the officers, you know, she had to hurry up and get my check and everything. I told her I was leaving that day. And the next, you know, there was a little bit, little bit of a dispute on the phone. I got really angry and said, okay, drop me back off. We're going to have a nice long chat with the four deans of the goddamn school to why you're not going to pay me. And we could take this to the Department of Labor. And, you know, obviously didn't have to get to that point. She's like, okay, yeah, you been, was her name at the time. Yeah, she said, okay, no problem. And I said, okay, I went back home. I started packing everything. I said, I'm finally getting out of here. It was the biggest breath of fresh air. It really was. And I was just scared that the lady wasn't going to come back and give me my money. But then finally, she had to do a lot of errands in the town in terms of depositing money and everything. 
Uh, then she finally picked me up. She gave me the money. And then I forgot she dropped me off at a minivan station or no, 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 no. She dropped me back off at home. And then I walked, I got some form of transportation and I think I head off to, uh, what is that? Oh man, I can't even remember. I think I stayed the night in Hot Guy, which is about three hours away from that place. And then that next day, I shot off across the border into Penang, stayed there just for a day, flew back into Bangkok on a visa. And that next morning, uh, one of my friends that I had known at the time, me and her, you know, we went to this place called Anusawari Chai Sawanapum. And to meet this guy who I was hoping and praying would be there, who I met online and said he was going to give me a job in a place called Antong. And sure enough, he was there. And I remember when I first arrived at that place, I said, oh, my God, it feels like I'm going from an already fucked up situation into something that is far more egregious. Something told me. That intuition told me. It said, don't call uh -uh, Arsenio. Look at how they're looking at you in the school. Did anyone say hello? Did you hear that foreigner just bitch without even him introducing himself to you? Please don't go here. Met a Filipino girl, she looked down on me, was talking to that guy, he was pretty cool, but it seemed like he could be an issue in with, with probably within a month. And things ended up changing very quick and I changed my mind and I said, I am out of here. I'm not gonna do this. And to sum that up at that time, remember in the last podcast, I was telling you about Nicole, I had gone to an English camp, a horrible situation, came back, still looking through for a job through a Thai agency who basically put, you know, people who it was very difficult to get jobs into schools and stuff. And they would probably make like 33% extra and just give you 66%. But I was desperate. I needed work. And I remember going to a school and they said, hey, okay, Filipino good, Filipino good, Filipino good, black teacher go. That's right. I got, I got spurred away from a school right there. It was in Chatuchak for anyone who lives out here. That was a huge experience for me. That, that, was, that was a significant amount of power that people imposed on me throughout that time. And that's when I started falling into a very deep state. And I remember I got the runaround and these taxis were trying to fuck us over. Remember, this was before Grab and Uber, the Uber of America, which they call Grab here. And this taxi would just drive around in circles and I didn't have the balls to tell them, where the fuck are you going? Didn't speak to Thai. And I remember having those horrible thoughts. And I remember messaging my friend when I had those horrible thoughts and it was terrifying to him. And I still, it's so crazy. I still get a little emotional about it because I've come so far. But right after going to that, I remember seeing a, another darker guy, darker than me, definitely from one of the Sub-Saharan African countries. And I said, man, if you get this job, I'm going to congratulate you. And I just felt so better because if they accepted him, I would have congratulated him. And I did. And then next, thing you know, the lady called me. She said, Arsenio, listen, we got only one more school, but you're already guaranteed. It's in Don Mung. And so we went there and I got accepted. I was talking to another guy that had me at a part-time job at SCG. You heard me in the previous podcast. He's like, okay, let's look for a place. And so, you know, we ended up looking for a place. I went home, I packed everything without telling them. Now, remember this guy at the school I told you about that I met at the McDonald's at Anansawari Chai Suwanapum, didn't want to go to this place called Ang Tong. He was there and he was like, hey man, um, uh, here, here goes all the paperwork. Let me know when you go to get your visa at Changwatana. 
and Chiang Watanabe was basically in Bangkok. So it was going to be a hell of a drive to come all the way down here. There's no adequate transportation, no grab, no nothing. It was difficult. There were no train lines out there. It's just taxis hustling the fuck out of you and trying to make you pay a base rate, such as what they do out there in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. But, you know, when he gave me those papers, I just kept them and I said, this is my last resort. But I kept telling myself, I will get a job here. And next thing you know, um, what was it? I ended up getting that job. I went back to my home and I packed my stuff. And at about 4 a.m. in the morning, this place was very condensed. So if you make a lot of noise, dogs will bark, people will look out the window and see a guy, a black guy with two big fucking luggage. Oh my God, it's like the worst nightmare, right? It's like a fucking horror movie. And so <laughs> I'm like, okay, just calm down. And I just had to pick those things up. I walked over the bridge. I went to the minivan. They said, hey, first one leaves at 5 a.m. I said, okay. Took a 5 a.m., went to my new apartment, went to uh, an English camp that I told you about in the previous podcast where I rocked the house. And when I was coming back, I got a call from a tutorial center and they said, hey, can you come in for the interview? And this goes back to what the guy said to me on the first day. Hey, there's a little bit of racism here, but that was it. That was the beginning of a new journey. Was it hard? It was beyond hard. 2014, October and November, those are the hardest months of my life, but it was worth it. And so I'm gonna leave that with you today. I'm your host as always, over and out.